Hey there, welcome to my day 55, I'm gonna say, pretty sure it is, of uh, Camino on a treadmill. Yep, going from uh, do, redoing the Camino on my treadmill from Galway, Ireland, following BK Lee from Korea, who is closing in on Burgos. He's on the outskirts of Burgos, in around the area where all the, I think, car dealerships are or something, it looks like. So, um, there is that thing up in the sky that I thought was a planet. And on the small screen, I'm thinking it can't be the moon, but then on the big screen, I go, ah, maybe. Hola. Are you well? Hi. I'm well. I, I actually, I don't know. I think he was Northern, Northern Irish, but I couldn't swear on it. Anyway, so today, so, the book is going great, you'd be glad to know. Even though I did no writing, oh man, today or yesterday. See, I hit my deadline Sunday evening, and then I had my session with the, with the editor on Tuesday. So off on Monday, Tuesday, I take a break. Not deliberate, but just sort of, that's what happens. But it's bad that I haven't started today on Wednesday, especially considering I've had some revelations. I mean, I know how the book ends like absolutely how it ends. Lots of other shit to figure out, but yeah, I know how it ends. And there's a romantic story, but that's now kind of the B story. It's really about his journey to discover himself and all that. It's really about an editor who's subservient as the job demands, too submissive and learns to uh, be creative again do what he needs to do, take risks, take chances, become a director. A lot of fun along the way. Some sex, drugs and rock and roll, well, drugs anyway, isn't it? And I'm happy with how it's going. Let's just uh, get my brightness up here and my volume up a little bit. Oops, just for myself. Okay, so uh, anyway, I'm gonna get my yeah, I didn't, my phone didn't count my steps yesterday. Let's go to 4.8. It's now um, closing in on 11 p.m. in Ireland. It's uh, 10.50 p.m. Looking at my nice T-cell Swiss watch. Today's broadcast, podcast brought to you by T-cell. T-cell, the brand of quality. <laughs> I, I could come up with something better if I worked on it, I know. T-cell for the man who knows what he wants and how to get it. There you go. That's that's a wrap, lads. That's in the can. So we're passing trucks here on the right. Big, long trucks. It says Laredo, I think. Something, anyway. So, the reason I didn't get writing done today, uh, here's a good excuse. And the reason I'm doing, eh, bloody cyclists on the pavement. Arr, get a bell. Anyway, I turned into a dog when I see the cyclists. You know what, I think my levels are a bit hot sometimes, are they? No, no, that's okay, I'm looking at the level thing that's green. Okay. Anyway, anywho, what I wanted to say was, um, the reason I'm delayed, so it's late at night I'm doing this, I didn't do my bloody writing. Clubhouse. Yeah, the new, uh, well, it's been around a bit. I think this new 
social media app, all based on audio, on which I'm hoping to go live on Monday with this podcast. Uh, watch this space. Apparently now available on Android. I'm running it on an iPod Touch. Let's not get all geeky here. But, um... So I, I just got into it. I think, was it yesterday I started on it or today? It feels like a week, you know, already. And, uh... It's... It's, also, it's all like... It's like live podcasting, but it's kind of like... People just chatting on their phones, you know, and... Uh, yeah, it has that kind of primitive feel to it, which is kind of nice. It doesn't feel too corporate. But then you do find there's people shilling on it, you know, people marketing their wares. So how did my experience work out? Yesterday, I was adding a few people and not getting rooms I was interested in. Oh, there was a few of these positive thinking and actualization and life tips and all that but I'm like for me I was listening to that none of that was resonating with me at all I um, and I do view life in a spiritual way and engage with it that way but like the way I engage with it I mean with with a mixture of doubt and faith is through an idea or a sense of the divine. Or, okay, don't, don't get angry, you're gonna use a word no one likes, God. But that concept, you know? I think you can call it the universe, the divine God, it, or God, you know, or the sacred spirit, earth mother, earth spirit. But it kinda comes down to the one thing. I know you could get into the, you know, religions with lots of different gods and all that, but like even if you conceptualize it that way, it seems to me it still always has to come down to one thing, whatever people call it, energy. Hey, don't mind what you call it, you know? People get offended by the word God, and they get all, oh, not into that man with the beard. Well, if they're at the man with the beard level, let's just, you know, let them play with their toys in play school. Um, I wouldn't, you know, what can you say to that? But um, I don't run away from the word. I think the idea of God is like anthropomorphizing the divine, you know? How else could they do it? A primitive, well, I say primitive minds, but the works they created pretty amazing, the stories I told and everything, but, but I guess, um, I don't know, I mean it's crazy what's going on in the Middle East at the moment. People say, oh, religion is the only problem there, but yeah, it's religion is politicized and it certainly is part of the problem, but I don't know. Stalin, as an atheist, did a pretty good job of killing lots of people too. It's just too simplistic to reduce it to that. As it, you know, people say there's no such thing as good religion, it's all bad. Okay, why do you take it away though? I don't know, what? You end up with Instagram, you know? Hola. There was an article in the New York Times about that, the religion of Instagram. Well, actually, that was my experience initially on Clubhouse. All this kind of, 
a la carte kind of, oh, you know, Californian style, I suppose. You know, well-meaning stuff about life hacks and positive thinking and affirmation. And uh, I'm listening to going, oh, and, you know, affirmations and everything. I'm just sort of beyond that. Look, I'm on a different level than that. I'm not going to say it's a better level, higher level, lower level, just different. Secretly, I think it's higher. Oops. Did I say that out loud? Anyway, that's not the point. Um, ended up in an interesting group. What was it called? The Green Buttholes. Hole was spelled W-H-O-L-E. And I got... Um, I got sort of inducted into it. Everybody gets inducted, and you get that little green star beside your name or something. I don't. But it, that was what was interesting about that was I listened this morning before work, and I was getting people. Oh, the cyclist on the pavement going the wrong way, and uh, people in West Coast. Well. Few different places, mainly West Coast America, you know, midnight, whatever. And then at lunchtime I went on, then some, some English people coming in. Then I went on tonight, and some of the West Coast American people are like, including the woman who set up the room, she's back on there. You know, and they're working with that in the background. Just sort of going in and out of it. And uh I gave some input. They were asking me things. I was telling stories. But what's my point? Oh, there was one guy, though, on from um, Persia. He called, you know, Iran, but he called it Persia, which is, I call it, it's much nicer, isn't it? I think it depends on your political persuasion whether you call it that or not, I think. I refer to it as Persia, too. An Iranian man in Ireland, in Bray, who didn't seem to like it. He didn't respond. Oh, BK is putting some of these crack pipe in the bin again. Well, he put it, he put it in the right bin, the crack pipe bin. Good boy. And uh, passing McDonald's here on her left. Is he going to go in? I says, BK, you're not going to go to McDonald's, are you? No, he's continuing on. Oh, he's turning left. Oh, no, he's... Oh, dissolve. Uh -huh. I think he went in, but he didn't want us to see supporting multinationals. How could you? Tut, tut, tut. So this Persian guy was on. He's 20, but he sounded really sad. And he was talking about, oh, I was 20, but I feel old. And I applied for medical school and I didn't get in. And it's really hard to get in, and like a million people try, only a few get in. And if you don't get in, you have to serve in the army. And you know, serving in the Iranian army, especially at the moment, like I don't know, it's you know, it's tough. But there was him, and then a few Americans were they east, maybe east coast at that stage. I don't know. Um, saying. Oh, you got to be positive, and you know, they're giving all this positive thinking stuff, and I'm like, no, I'm not into this. Way too much negativity in my country, in Ireland, I think. But people like some people thrive off it. I'm not into that at all. And you know, having a an over overall positive outlook. Oh, here's a guy hanging around looking dodgy. Bet he's a drug dealer. BK, get some crack. Go on. 
You're no fun. You're no fun, BK. You know, if he bought some crack and lit up a pipe. I'm talking about crack pipes a lot. I've never smoked it. I've seen the pipes, though, in Vancouver. Man, people were off their heads over there. Um, you know, at the time, meth, just, whew, I don't know, that meth stuff wrecks their teeth and makes them crazy. I remember I heard a woman walking around my block. The block I lived in, that was um, Robson Denman, kind of uh, the, what do they call sort of West End, kind of. Uh, nice part. The neighborhood, someone called it, a lot of gays there. So those areas do tend to be nice and famous. A lot of little dogs as well. Goes with the territory, but no, it was nice. Um, if I went back there, would I live there or would I live in Kitsilano? Probably not. There's some other part that's more interesting though. I've forgotten all the names. Anyway, I digress, but there was a woman walking around the block screaming. And she was just screaming, it won't get better, it'll never get any better, it won't get better, it'll never get any better, out really loud, just over and over again. And it was really distressing to hear, I was like, oh, that's someone in distress. And I'd say I've been in places like that in my head without smoking any meth. Just, you know, moments in your life where wheels come off, things aren't going well. Feels like the universe is against you. Damn it, I can feel like that at the toss of a coin. And then, you know, maybe an hour later be okay again. But there's, uh, I guess there's periods where you get more of that. And she was really, hey, the drugs don't help, I'm sure, right? But it's not just the drugs, it's, why are they doing the drugs? You know, it's personal demons, I guess. I think that is everybody, really. Um, and then the voice disappeared into the distance. But then like an hour later or something, it came back again. So I assumed she had been, you know, she could hear her fading up in the distance, coming closer again with the same thing. It won't get better. It'll never get any better. But screaming at it over and over, the same loop over and over again. I was like, oh, that poor woman. Anyway, I hope that cheered you up. That's the story, uh, there's no ending to it. It's, uh, she's probably still, no, hey, I hope she's, you know, alive and happy. I just had a thought there, which is worse? Dead or alive and chronically unhappy? There's always hope though, you know, but sorry to bring it up, but you know, we all, that is the end path of life as well, so our culture doesn't like to think about it. Um, what's this on the left? A church, possibly? Some sort of old building. But, um, so Clubhouse, the Persian guy was just saying, and the situation I just thought sounded bad. And it's like, they're saying, well, maybe go to another country. He's like, yeah, if I do, I can never go back if I don't do my military service. And, but, you know, they were just giving them all these pat, simplistic answers from their affluent base in America. Now, some of them may have been, 
immigrants, and America's full of people who came from tough backgrounds. So, you know, I think the American can-do spirit, I don't want to diss it completely, you know. I certainly grew up around a lot of the can't-do spirit and the mean-minded pettiness that you get sometimes in small countries. BK's in a church, but he went in and out, and now he's walking under an archway. Anyway, um, I was just like, I said, man, that's bad. Yeah, I, I didn't, I had no past simple answers for him. I said, um, I followed him, I said, follow me back. He mentioned he might go to Australia, Canada, or Ireland. I just said, well, I'm Irish, you know, follow me. Hey, you can't help everyone. I don't even know what I could do. But that was all I could offer, as opposed to um, some simplistic crap, you know? But I did say you're 20, you're young, you know? Whole life's ahead of you, but... I don't know, the Middle East at the moment, I mean, it's always like, bit rocky over there, but at the moment, just this real battle going on, you know, Saudi Arabia versus Iran, Trump stirred it all up, then you've got Israel at the moment, Jerusalem, East and West. Oh, I listened to a talk about that, a debate about that on Clubhouse. I don't know. I won't get into that here, but... Most people there wanted to ignore, well, no, I don't, the reality of the Palestinians' plight, it seemed to me, but I, I didn't hear the whole thing. Hamas aren't helping, I agree with that, though. Whew. Anyway, I'm not getting into politics. I don't know enough about it. Um, I, you know, get tired of it sometimes. But where are we? So, Clubhouse. So, just let me get some water. Um, so, uh, so I was went back on tonight, and again it was oh I'll try and do some writing, and then oh the green butthole room is up and running again. You know, put that on my earphones. Oh, I got into another room with someone I matched with, I followed on in the green butthole room. She's apparently a dating expert. I ended up in a room that was. Not that many people, and they were mainly Nigerian, either in Nigeria or in London, which was interesting. Some lovely accents in there. That's one thing I, I like about Clubhouse. I do like voices. I said to one guy, Solomon, what a name, Solomon. I said, I like your accent. I wasn't hitting on him. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, interested in that way. But, and then I said, he kind of paused, and then I went, oh, and I like your accent too, Mandy. They were both London, um, London Nigerian, but the accents were London, really. But um, and he goes, "Hey, yeah, you too, man." You know, well, in in, in a London accent. Anyway, I'm. Oh yeah, but then I kind of realised, Mandy was asking about me, and then she was telling about her services, dating services, matchmaker. Okay. okay kind of realize, I'd heard this before, there's a lot of shilling going on on Clubhouse, a lot of people selling their wares. I guess that's everywhere. I was telling them about my Camino. Oh yeah, no, she was asking about my novel. I was talking about it. And I was thinking like, oh yeah, 
this is great, I'm talking about it, but I realized, yeah, it just was the wrong room for that, you know? I might set up a club. I'm sure there's one out there, but... Uh, the lesson I've learned is that I set up your own club, which is hard to do there at the moment, because rather just, just set up your own thing and if people come, great, if they don't. So yeah, I'll be running my Camino on it live and trying to figure out the legal shit around recording it. I, th I, just, I think as long as I declare it, and we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Um, but, because I need something interactive rather than talking to myself. I think you'll agree. But, um, where, where was I? Oh yeah, she was asking about my book and then I realized, no, she asked one or two questions about me, myself, oh, was that related to you? And then she was talking about her dating site. But then, the, then she was saying, oh, well, you know, your podcast, and you put it out there and it's like, you know, whatever you're selling, you know, and I'm thinking I'm not selling anything. But then I thought, well, the podcast, I was doing the walk anyway, I could have, it's more interesting doing it, me talking my rambling thoughts into a mic and uploading, that makes it more interesting, but um, for me, at least. And uh, um, I suppose I'm like when I, you know, hopefully get my book published and I have this under my belt, you know, th that's one side of it. I can say, well, yeah, I did the whole Camino and I redid it on my treadmill, it's a nice little story, you know. But, and did, I might make a book out of the transcripts from this. So, yeah, I do have that agenda, you know, but when I'm walking, I'm just, hey, I'm walking here, you know? But, yeah, I'll see about taking it on Clubhouse. I think I've figured out the technicalities. And uh, so I guess I realized, well, she's just trying to sell something. And anyway, then I was on the LA room tonight with the buttholes or whatever. And uh, someone was telling stories. Then I told, they were talking about meeting celebrities. I don't give a damn about that, really. But I said, well, I met Barbara Streisand in a house in Connemara. I told that here, you know, that story. I can't remember. They said, oh, did you meet her again or whatever? Then I told a story about, somehow ended up telling the story. Oh yeah, all my, you know, my 11 anecdotes. I told three of them. The one about the car chase in Georgia in America. I made the point that the guy in the car with me got out of the car. If he was black, he probably would have been shot dead. Um, nobody commented, but it was, uh, yeah, yeah there's a lot of people of color in the room, but I, I wasn't playing to the room, I was just serious. But I've said that before amongst white Americans, and I was told, oh, well, that's not true. And look at the news now, come on. Uh, much higher chance he would have been shot. Anyway, God, I'm getting all heavy. So, someone was talking then, they were talking about some, uh, some of them meeting up in some hotel in LA, and saying, oh yeah, but I was in there one night, and the bouncer kicked me out because I was wearing flip-flops. You're not allowed to wear them after a certain time, but he was like, I went in early, and the sun went down, and what was I meant to do, you know? Then I told my story about on the Camino, which I told her, um, going into a fancy place and uh, <laughs> thinking, well, I'm not breaking any dress codes, I'm not wearing shorts or flip-flops. Went to the bar, got some de naranja and water, and uh, only when I was leaving, turned around, I realized I had my underwear that I was, you know, that I'd washed, that I was drying and the sun hanging off my backpack. And I told that and it kind of, 
muted laughter. I, I say, hey, tough crowd, you know. But then someone, oh, so you were drying your underwear, okay. And then someone said, well, you, wouldn't, you definitely wouldn't get into this hotel in L.A. with that. So, uh, yeah, I guess I was performing. And I noticed there was another guy there who was quite performative. I think I was stepping on his territory a little, you know what I mean? And uh, he was kind of changed the subject completely to something else. Because I took over, I guess I was hogging, only for a couple of minutes, though. Oh, then I was telling, yeah, when I talked about the car chase in America, they were just saying, hey, was it a good movie you worked on? I'm like, that's all you care about? I said, no, it was a shit movie. <laughs> they go, oh, well, at least you're honest. I'm going, well, I'm just the editor. I didn't write the script. Ta-da! But I don't know. There's a lot of people on there kind of selling themselves. That's more common in America than here, and I'm not dissing it, because... But, like, I'm just like... I work in a shit movie. I might, you know, I mightn't say it at the time. I didn't identify the movie, but I, uh, I'll say it's shit. No skin off my nose. Ah, oh, that, that was bloody, uh, awful experience in some ways. Anyway, let's not go there. Um, so, I thought I was going to get a lot out of talking. What is Jesus Martin? Shop on the left, I don't know, it's the shutters are down. Jesus Martin. I remember I was in film school and I did a year in Houston film school. Ended up working there. But when I was there, I was, oh, I had all these script ideas, none of which I could formulate. It just, my head was all over the place. Or up my hole, as some people might say. I was scattered. Do you get me? Probably anxious, you know, not like that now, but um, I had some script idea. I always had script ideas involving something messianic, you know. I mean, look at me now. I've got, I got a messiah complex. That's why I'm doing this. Not as bad as Russell Brand, but, you know, working on it. Um, so I, uh, <laughs> messiah complex. Yeah, I was reading The Last Temptation of Christ once, whilst... I was on this crazy starvation diet these people put me on, charged me a fortune for the privilege. I told the story before. It's one of the 11 anecdotes. And uh, crossing the road here, crossing the road. And um, Jesus doing the 40 nights in the desert. And I'm like, yeah, man, I feel you. I feel you. You know, he's starving. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the closest I got to full-blown messianic complex, messiah complex. And... When I told that story before, I referred to, um, what did I refer to? Uh, Jerusalem complex is a thing that Jewish men get. Say, I guess a lot of them maybe from America or whatever, when they visit Jerusalem, that they think they're the Messiah. Mark Maron, the comedian, had it. And I don't think it was when he was on drugs. It's a known thing. He wrote a book called Jerusalem Complex. Hey, I call him a comedian. He's also an actor now. Wow, he amazed me in um, Glow. And then he was dating the director from that who made that beautiful film years ago. You, me, and everyone we know, I think. And she died. Oh. I'm sorry, I don't I said I'd look up her name, but I thought. But uh, that's if you saw it's a lovely film, indie film. 
there was another Hollywood film out at the same time with a similar name. You, I don't know, but it's not that one. This is a small indie movie. You, me, and everyone we know. I think I saw it in London, so that would date it back to... If I saw it in London, it would have been turn of the millennium. <laughs> Great we get to say that, the turn of the millennium. Early 2000, I think, or something like that. Um, but then, you know, he had a drug problem, couldn't get work, does his podcast, ends up interviewing Obama, ends up acting in Glow, also did his own show, Marin. And I, I thought... In that, he was, yeah, just playing himself, but in Glow, though he stretches his um, limits a bit, he's, I like him in it. Yeah, I like that show, and I'm, I'm tired of streaming and all that crap, but I, yeah, I like Glow. I was just talking to my friend Declan about when we worked in the film business in the old days, as assistant editors, but there was something romantic about it, and he worked with some of these old school editors, worked on big movies, but it's changing now. Like, I know in London, Netflix, you know, taking over a lot of people are working with them now, and it's not as much fun. I had the old school guys in the old days, they used to, they would drink it at work and everything. I'm not, I'm not saying that's ideal. Some of them, you know, became bloody alcoholics, but... Nowadays, it's just getting so sterile, you know? And nowadays, it's le there's fewer workers because it's all on the computer. And the old days, I kind of got in at the crossover. We were working on film and digital. Oh, man, it was a beautiful thing to see. And uh, <clears throat> so then I end up on, say, OK, I'll do some writing now. But then a site pops up on Clubhouse, how to dating. Um, and finding love or, or getting laid on Clubhouse. So I said, well, I'll have a look. Just curious. Um, I'm not on Clubhouse to get laid, and I'm certainly, I wasn't thinking of it as a dating thing. I mean, there's no, oh God, I had enough of bloody Tinder and all that anyway, but there's not, um, <clears throat> it's mainly Americans on it at the moment anyway. Some of whom look beautiful, I'll grant, I'll grant they that. So, rich, beautiful American woman, yeah. Help, join, uh, join the queue, join the line, and uh, we'll see if we can work something out. I want a prenup, yeah, saying that you give me, you know, like half your earnings if and when we split up. Come on, what do you take before? I'm not a sucker. It's a business transaction, you know? So I'm in there, <laughs> oh yeah, the dating room, I'm in there, you know? And then they're talking, and I don't know. Everyone's talking all these different strategies and things. And there's a woman in there who's the dating expert. I followed her, like, but she's the dating expert in the love room. Uh, I think I, I followed the club, yeah, the dating, the love room club. And then I unfollowed because I'm like, I don't want people seeing me follow. It's just the fact that it says dating and getting laid. I don't know. It's, it's not that. It's not, nothing wrong with that, but it's just, that's certainly not, I'm, you know what? I realize at the end of it, I'm on Clubhouse to try out my Camino on a treadmill there. See how it works. It's, it's a 
good forum for interaction. And I think I've worked out the whole recording of technical or legal stuff as well, so we'll see. But anyway, so I'm on there, yeah, and it's kind of Americans talking and other tips. I, I found it a bit lame, I don't know. It's just all the stuff you always hear, and like everyone has different opinions. And women say, oh, well, I like to be proactive, and well, I like to initiate, and then I like to be chased, and I don't know. I've heard, the more I hear about all these things, the more I get confused. And the only thing I've come down to now, I'm like in a good place in my life now, doing stuff I want to do. I'm writing, it's so important. I'm happy, I'm not anxious. I'm open to relationship, which in many ways I wasn't for years. It was sort of closed down, which was, you know, anxiety, I guess, if you want to put a word on it. But, because it's safer not to be in a relationship. And I'm happy on my own, but anyway. The advice, it was all a bit trite, I thought. And, but then I went up on the stage. You know, you put your hand up and they have you on the stage, it means you can speak. And then, uh, but I couldn't really get a word in. And then I don't know what I wanted to say, but then an English guy, they say, oh, how do you get guys, women to talk back to you? And then this English guy said, well, I, oh, you just have a British accent, you know, and that helps. And then I'm going, or Irish, but no one could hear me. And then I'm trying to find the right time to come in and wait. I'm flashing my microphone, you meant to do that to get attention. I'm like trying to get in. And I think I said it once or twice, but no one heard it because I was speaking over people. And, hey, I'm Irish, that's better. <laughs> I mean, I was having fun, but I also, ah oh man, the American women, they love the Irish accent. And I wanted to see would I get a better reaction than the British guy, you know? And then what happens, another American woman says, oh yeah, hi, I'd like to hear Robert speaking or something. And this guy speaks, he's Irish, you know? I want to hear his accent. He's go, hi, I'm Irish. It wasn't like that, it was a good one. Okay, it wasn't like that, but it wasn't as sexy as my voice, that's all I'm saying. And then I'm like, but hey, I'm Irish too. I don't know, <laughs> I just, uh, it's like, you know the protocol there, if you're in Clubhouse, you're trying to not butt in too much. You have to, I should have butted in earlier, just quickly, when he said British, I should have just gone, or Irish. But I, I, my timing was off. And then another Irish guy gets all the acclaim. You know, he gets asked, oh, I want to hear you speak. He's, he's going, oh, hi, I'm Irish. Hi, I'm Irish. No, it was more Dublin accent, I think. As I said, not as sexy as my voice. And the, the, they never got to hear me properly. Then what happens, my mic is still on, and then I sniff, like, you've heard me do that loads of times, and then, what's her name? Jane, no, it's whatever. The woman who runs the room, Lisa, Lisa, says, oh, who's sniffing in my room? Because she was talking, you know? And it's, oh, you, James, James Finland, I'm muting you now. And oh, because oh, I went, oh yeah, it's me, sorry. And she muted me, but it was, it, it was relatively lighthearted, I think. <laughs> anyway, disaster. Disaster. Absolute disaster. So, and then I realized, oh damn, it's too late. I either do the treadmill now, or it's not happening, you know? And I was, 
I have to do some writing after this. You know what? Even if it's a hundred words, it's just getting going again. Especially now that I'm like, I know what the book is about. Damn it! Finally, <sighs> like sixty thousand words. Well, more than sixty thousand words in. I feel, you know, that's what it takes. I was saying to my editor yesterday, it's so hard when you're writing something and you don't quite know what you're writing. I mean, everyone's different, but a lot of people are like this, you know. I have an idea, I'm writing it, it's like the initial idea isn't working, but it's becoming something else. And then I have a meeting with ex, and I'm not even sure what their baggage is. I'm not sure. There's a scene at the start, which is current girlfriend with a failed proposal and it's only now I realise here's how that goes I couldn't even see her properly, that character other than through his sort of rose-tinted glasses and now I'm like, oh no now I get her and I'm getting the ex and I'm figuring out the other characters more, but look I'm just figuring the first draft, I'm barely figuring out the main character, you know so, that's why it's deadly to show your book I did show a couple of chapters, opening chapter to a couple of women from Tinder once, rookie mistake. I mean, some liked it, but then others, oh, it's, you know. So, or I mentioned the idea, someone was asking me the other day and I talked about it, it's like, what's the word? Um, she said, oh, she was from Northern Ireland. She goes, oh, yeah, it sounds corny. But, but like, I wasn't even explaining it right. And I was like, yeah, well, that's not quite it. I was going, he goes back to Ireland and gets discovers who he is, but it's really he goes back to Ireland, his life falls apart, discovers who he is, and then fucks off back to England. It wasn't some corny kind of go back to the old sod and everything's great. Anyway. <clears throat> calm down, James, calm down. Don't, don't get so defensive. It's like people telling me what to do with this podcast. Hey, I know it's, it's rambling, but no, it's an experiment. I'm doing it. For me, <laughs> but the book is for an audience. I mean, you know, it's not just hey, it's great therapy for me writing this. You know, it's like no, I want people to like it. Ah, oh, I was telling Declan my ending. He liked it. It's a good ending. I'm not telling you here. I hope I didn't tell you yesterday. If I did, it doesn't matter. No one was listening. So. So I guess, yeah, I'll be going live on Clubhouse. I, I can't be in there now just raising my hand and trying to talk, I don't know. Especially when I'm trying to get my Irish accent across and I get, you know, upstaged by an English guy and another Irish guy. That was not good. I want to hear his accent. What about me? Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me, it's true. Is that Portisette? Isn't it? I saw them in Galway, up the road from where I grew up, actually. Arts Festival gig. Is that them, though? Beth Gibbons, their singer. Oh, man, I have her singing Goretzky, Polish composer. He's got this album... Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. That's his most famous album. It kind of got big. It's classical, like choral music. Got big around 92. I'm not even an expert on classical music, but recording with Don Upshaw, that was the recording that went big. Like went beyond just the classical charts, you know. 
And I saw a documentary about him years ago then in the 90s. Anyway, I often listen to that album, but then she did a version. It's interesting because she's um, a pop singer. She's a good voice, but she doesn't have that trained opera singer voice. And the key, the notes sometimes are quite high for her in the keys she's singing, but she's, she's hitting them, but there's a certain fragility in her voice. But you know what? It kind of adds to it. And she learned Polish just to sing that. Oh, it's, I'm telling you, Goretzky's Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. Personally, I'd say, yeah, get the Beth Gibbons version to support her, why not? But also get, if you really like that, and I think you will, oh, it's rollerbladers in orange jerseys coming by there. What's that about, hmm? Anyway. Um, if you like it, get the Dawn Upshaw version and compare. They're both beautiful. It is so touching. And it's based on, it's all about mothers. The first uh, movement is based on some uh, Polish fable about a mother and a son losing her son or something. The second one is based on graffiti that was found in Auschwitz or in one of those awful camps that said, Mother, don't cry. Mama, nie platz. Or something. It's something like that. In Russian, it would be Mama, nie platz, I think. It's Polish sounds like that anyway, but uh, it's. Oh, God. And then the last one, there's one then that's based, I think, on the Hail Mary or something about the Virgin Mary. Um, but basically, they're all about um, motherhood. <sighs> wow. Uh, even not knowing that, the music is just so beautiful. Goretzky, which is spelled G-O-R-E-C-K-I. I see he's got a squiggle on it, I think. Uh, Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. And I would say, yeah, I'd say check out Beth Gibbons first. And if you like that, get done, I'm sure. You heard it here first? God, if nothing else, if I got one person to listen to that, I'd be happy if that's all I achieved. I, was, I got my friend Declan to listen to it. I bought the online Beth Gibbons album and I bought the LP, which got shipped to Declan because he's in Northern Iron, Northern Iron and he um, finally got around to listen to it. He loved it. But I said, like, I almost mean, it feels like it could almost change your life. And I feel maybe every time I listen to it, it changed my life a little bit for the better. That's, and I'm not even one of these people who's always raving about music, you know? I listen to more talk radio than music, I think. Now I've added Clubhouse to that list. That's an interesting experiment, Clubhouse. I don't want to get stuck down that rabbit hole. So, because, you know, the writing suffers. That's number one. But we'll see. Now, it's, uh, how long have I got to go? 2.42. Oh, 19 minutes. Ruddick. Ruddick! <laughs> Doing that accent reminds me of something. Ah, I'll say it anyway. Um, I was texting my friend Roshi at work one weekend. I was up 
late watching Brides... Not Brideshead, Bride, Bridesmaids. Bridemaids, no, Bridesmaids. Love that film. Kristen Wiig. And uh, I had... Um, I've seen it a few times, I just love it. I know a couple of guys said to me, oh, yeah, I wouldn't watch a chick flick, or, oh, that's gay watching that. Ridiculous comedy. Comedy is comedy, my friend. And good comedy, kind of like it often involves people suffering, but suffering in a comedic way. I mean, they say comedy is suffering plus time, don't they? Tragedy plus time. But you know, you know when you see a character, like Kristen Wiig, wakes up with this douchebag. Okay, handsome douchebag, whatever. And she, she escapes from his arm and goes into the bathroom, makes up her face, and then lies back down in the bed beside him. And he wakes up and says, oh, you look so good in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's just how I look. But, like, I can relate to that, not the putting on makeup bit, but just, I guess, if you're insecure, and, yeah, I, I get the feeling of being with someone and maybe, in that case, they, you like them more than they like you. I don't know. Most people can relate to that if they're honest, except for maybe some, you know, gorgeous studs or whatever. Maybe, hey, man, I, I don't really know. No, I don't relate to that. I'm like, uh, no, no, this never happened to me, man. But anyway, I think if you make yourself vulnerable at all in life, you will open yourself up to those things, situations. So I can relate to it at that level. Because I'm a fucking human being, man. You dig? Anyway. <laughs> I, I think I'm going crazy. So, bridesmaids. Oh, yeah, I texted... Uh, just getting some water here. Oh, yeah. So I texted my friend Roisin. It was late one night. I think I'd had a couple of glasses of vino. I was watching bridesmaids. I said, oh, I'm up late at home alone watching Bridesmaids. I said, I must be on my mensi. And I think I'd heard that somewhere, mensi, for, you know, a period. And uh, she texted back, you know, I guess laughing emojis or whatever. But I was talking to her the next day about her at work or something. I was saying, hey, is that a thing? Like, then I looked it up. I said, yeah, it is a thing. I said, it's an American thing, but I don't know. I was saying, in my head, it's more like I could imagine an English thing. I was saying it in different accents, and then I ended up doing kind of northern English accent. And I go, I'm on my monster. <laughs> and we're laughing, because like, I'm basically doing some, I don't know, northern English man, you know? So I'm on my monster. And it became a kind of joke between us. Every so often I say it. I'm on my monster. <laughs> I say it to myself sometimes just to make myself laugh. I'm on my rudder, monster. Anyway, uh, enough about that. If you didn't think it was crazy before this, you know it now. I'm on my monster. <laughs> oh, I made a gif as well, or a meme, you know, with a picture of a coal miner. <laughs> with, I'm on my monster. Anyway. <sighs> Maybe it's bad taste, I don't know. I find it funny. So we're walking through a kind of residential paved area, you know, these kind of, like, apartment blocks and lots of paving between them. Kind of thing, you'd see an artist design for it, saying, ooh, artistic impression, this is what we think it looked like. It's like, I don't know. I'm not even making sense, am I? Anyway, I'm walking here, okay? I'm walking here. 
<sighs> Quote from anyone? Midnight Cowboy. Correct. Dustin Hoffman. I'm walking here. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm on my monster. <laughs> you see, I make myself laugh at my own jokes. What can I say? What can I say? What can I say? I don't care if I'm going crazy. So arrest me, officer, you know, lock me up. I don't care anymore. I won't go on Clubhouse tonight, he said, whilst thinking I'll probably go on Clubhouse tonight. No, I'll write a hundred words and then I don't care what I do. But then, yeah, it's 11.30, I'll have to sleep at some stage. I am nearly completely off caffeine, so my sleeping will get better. Yeah, you know, I talk to people, a lot of people say, oh yeah, I should give up coffee. I think it, uh, I'm really sensitive to everything, but yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with it, you know? You drink more caffeine and then when you're tired and it's a vicious circle, so. Uh, I know when I have caffeine completely out of my system, I wake up feeling like a completely different person, actually. And I always got this, I would never go back on it. <laughs> and then I get tempted by the smell of it, the lure of it. And after I have the first cup, if I've been clean for, and clean is the word, I'm telling you. It's, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm talking about heavy duty narcotics, but if I've been clean for a few months, first cup of coffee seems like a good idea at the time. And I feel within 20 minutes, less, probably two minutes, I feel anxious, you know? Especially when your, your your tolerance has gone down, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think, I hate to say it, I think this time, there's a cyclist going the other way. I think this time is for good, but honestly, I'd rather give up alcohol for good than coffee, but yeah, the feeling I might quit alcohol too. I hate ruling that out forever, because you know the fun nights and all that, but honestly, it's ever diminishing circles with that, you know? Uh, what I find is actually, when you live alone, I don't know, just even having a couple of drinks alone at home is just socially occasionally great, but yeah, I don't know. And put on weight, so yeah, COVID, a lot of people eating and drinking too much. Oh, no, wait. I'm, uh, well, I'm a little overweight. But, uh, yeah, working on... Oh, I can see my, my iPod there buzzing away with Clubhouse notifications. <gasps> Fear of missing out. Well, let's read one out. I'm not even... I'm not going to enter the room. Clubhouse, Lisa Ferrell. Oh, that's the dating guide. Tamara Freeman and a load of people are talking. Sorry, are talking in the introspect room about resolving. I can't read the whole thing. I'd have to. I'd have to. Okay, I'm going into the room for a second. I'm not meant to record these. You see. Um, resolving conflicts in the relationship. Ask the experts. Now I'm turning it off. Uh, I'm not going recording someone else's room surreptitious today. Robert Cochrane followed you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
that's the guy who, uh, oh, Mercia Dosal invited you to join the club, The Ugly Truth. I'm in. You had me at ugly. I accept the rules. Of course I do not that I read them. Nominate members. Uh, get back to that. So, uh, I can't Robert Cochrane is the English guy who said, oh, well, I'm English and they love my voice. In London, mainly, oh, mainly Irish. He's okay. 11% native and South American. Hey, I'm in love. <laughs> I'm not even gay, but I'm in love. Uh, Capricorn, oh, no, hold on. Basically a one-man melting pot. Oh, you had me at melting. You're melting my heart, Robert. <laughs> Capricorn, but a lot of Sagittarius. How does that even work? So an upbeat goat. Own a boutique search and recruitment firm. Hey, in IT. Oh, that's a bit. And banking. Rediscover dancing and making music. Weight training four to five times a week. Oh, my God. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm not, but I, I bet you. You can see why women might go for that. Hey, he's a full package. Let's see. Looking for any red flags here? Because I love it, not sport. Oh my God, he's a perfect man. I'm the only man in the world that doesn't like to watch sport. Oh my God. Live or on the TV. Now I'm officially in love. That's just like me, Robert. Oh, oh. My heart is palpitating. Uh, <laughs> he sounds more interesting than most of the women I've followed here. Reprioritizing my life, focusing on what I love. Music, dance, family, I presume it's meant to be family. Friends, dogs, we didn't have cats in there. And okay, still making money. I'm not a monk, X. Oh my God. It's official. So I'm in love. I mean, I'm not, just to clarify, I'm not actually in love, but I'm like, interesting dude, huh? Little too perfect, that's annoying for me, you know? Competition. If I could get to know him, and maybe I could kind of work, chip away at his ego a little. No, I'm not like that, I'm not. I'm a nice guy. Anyway, I like, um, I like knowing people in London. That's kind of nice. Uh, when a straight guy follows you on Clubhouse. <laughs> I'm only on day two and I have opinions about Clubhouse, but that's kind of cool. Anyway, sorry, I'm trying to calm down. I'm getting all excited. We've walked into a something indoor thingy. It's like an old medieval building, but they've kind of got a modern roof on it or something. And there's paintings, it's beautiful. So you can look at this on YouTube if you want to see. It's basically my day, yes, 55 or whatever. And uh, he's looking at paintings. So there you go. And I'm not going to describe them, but there are lots of different colors and whatnot. So he's arrived in Burgos. And uh, hey, I got through today talking mainly about Clubhouse. So uh, Clubhouse achieved something for me. Seven minutes to go here, including the maps at the end, okay. I've been 4.8 kilometers an hour for the whole thing. That's good. I might slow down. Oops, 4.6. Really bright colors in the paintings. And he's going outside again. He's going out. He's going out. He's going out the south exit. Quick, follow him. 
He's got a crack pipe. Okay, go, 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 go. He's got a gun, he's got a gun. Oh my God. He's shooting everyone, oh my. No, he's not, sorry. Just got carried away there. The old imagination, imagination, or whatever, in whatever language that is. What's it in Russian? is, I imagine, isn't it? I I forget. Used to know shit like that. I used to know the Russian for imagination, I'll have you know. That's going to be on my... Oh, yeah, if I go back into the uh, clubhouse, date, how to date and get laid on clubhouse. That's... Uh, I won't even bother saying the whole, hey, I'm Irish. I'll just go. I just, can, I, can I share something there, Lisa? Alisa, can I show you? Thanks, Lisa. Uh, James here in uh, Galway, Ireland. I just want to say, uh, I used to know the word for imagination in uh, Russian. Just want to put that out there for the room. Thanks, bros. Uh, I'll, I'll take my answer off, Mike. Thank you. Okay, we're outside a church here. People filing in. Looks like a nice church. Burgos. Oh. There's a, I was, yeah, there's a famous cathedral there, of course. And you have to pay to go into part of it. It's like a museum. It's in the old city, but... Uh, is this the old one yeah, again? I don't know. It's old and new. I don't know anymore what I'm on about. Uh, sorry, I just can't think. stop thinking about Robert. <laughs> and I used to know... I used to know the Russian for imagination, Lisa. I think I'll just try on different accents in there and confuse them on. They're not going to hear my Irish accent. You know, they missed a chance. Okay. I have a horrible feeling i got to go into... Ah. Oh, well, one of those dating rooms again. Just... I don't know why. No, I won't. got to write my book. Motherfucker! Oh, we're in a lovely little pedestrian nice street here. In the sun. People walking by. Now we're going into the shade. He's so nice. He's taking a picture. I'm walking here. So, I'm uh, going to start slowing down 4.5. Did I even have the fan on today at all? No, I didn't. Oh, God. I'll put it on high. So, yeah, I had lots to talk about today. Complete opposite of yesterday. I guess when you have a topic, yeah, Clubhouse kind of gave me a lot of topics today. I feel I covered some other interesting things, too. And, um, yeah. All out of things to say now. Let you know how I get on with Robert. <laughs> uh, a lot of guys would, like, never joke about things like that. I don't know. I, like, I have nothing to hide. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to turn gay at this age. I nearly set my age. As Louis C.K. said, I know he's persona non grata at the moment, but he's, I don't want to turn gay at this age with this. Although, my body isn't so as bad as his. I tell you, it's not. I'm not ripped. Or maybe I am. <laughs> yeah, let's not... Let's keep a bit of mystique here. I'm like, you know, Schrodinger's cat? It's like, is the cat dead or alive? Right now, I am both ripped and not ripped at the same time, if you can dig that because you don't know what I am, so I'm, I'm, well, Google Schrodinger's cat. Isn't it Schrodinger's cat? Schopenhauer? 
Not Schrodinger, sorry. I mix up my Schrodinger and my Schopenhauer. Oh, you know how it is. You know how it is, don't you? Now, oh my God, Clubhouse is buzzing away here. Maria Gill, Clarence Taylor, in the real time. I don't know what it is. I, I might end up, I, I end up quitting all social media and all dating apps. So. But Clubhouse, if it works for my Camino, great. But, oh yeah, I kind of realize, I kind of need to set up Instagram and Twitter just for the Camino if I'm doing all that. First word problem, I know, but it's um, calamitous. <laughs> oh, I don't know how I can manage all these things. Uh, my life is so complicated. Lucky, luckily, I'm amazing, so it's okay. I'm Superman. <clears throat> so, walking past Again, the street's quiet. I don't know, is everyone on siesta the whole bloody time for this uh, Camino? I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna slow down a bit more because we are like a minute and a half away from the end, so great. Someone's gonna buy on one of those mobility scooters. They're kind of cool, I wouldn't mind. Well, no, I'm lucky I don't need one, but. Tractor, I'm a tractor guy all the way. Absolutely. I kind of wouldn't mind having one. I know it would look ridiculous outside my house. The neighbors wouldn't like it, the sound of it starting up. But... Oh, God. Just driving to town on my tractor. Well, it's either that or an electric DeLorean. They're making them now. Both equally ridiculous in a way in my environment. Okay, we've gone to the maps. Camino de Santiago, day 12, and he's just showing the route. It's mainly downhill. See, I did this all downhill, plus yesterday's uphill all in one go. So I did. 40 kilometers. What have I got? I gotta stop saying that. Jeez, just, now that I've decided I'm gone explicit, I'm just randomly swearing. It's, it's disgusting. Disgusting, so it is. Anyway. When Camino, God bless. See you all on the other side. Sleep well or have a good day or whatever is tick is appropriate. And I am 14.2 kilometers you did, okay. Well, that's not the men. Okay, and we're done. Thank you, Buen Camino. See you on the other side. Hope you're all keeping well. God bless.